hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sharon and the host of this podcast. If you're an independent agent who's struggling to get contracts and appointments with carriers, maybe you're struggling to balance multiple carrier relationships because of those high production and volume requirements. Well, I'm here to tell you, Smart Choice is the way to go for you. They are an agency network that's non-invasive to your agency, and they're not going to charge you any fees to join, nor fees that are monthly. They only work on a commission split, and that's only off the business you write through carriers you get through them. They've got over 9,000 agencies nationwide right now. No wonder they are the fastest growing agency network in the country. Dude. They are unbelievable. Smartchoiceagents.com. Go check it out. Tell them the mayor sent you. You'll be so glad that you did. Uh, Also, got to talk to you about my friends over at CoverDesk. I love working with the CoverDesk team. I uh, was able to work with them even this week on referring several of you to them. Uh, They help you save time, focus on your clients, and grow your business. You know, Every week I hear from you, you're losing hours uh, on day-to-day of running a task, uh, of running an agency. Um, Administrative work is essential. It can prevent you from focusing on your sales and your core business. Well, CoverDesk virtual assistants can help you get these tasks done, saving you significant time and free up your staff's time to focus on what they're best at, which is relationship building, uh, closing on deals. Things that put money in your pocket. Go to coverdesk.com. Tell them the mayor sent you, and you'll be so glad that you did. Hey, on to today's episode. I'm super excited. I have been following the protege, as some of you may have been as well, which is a uh, YouTube reality show in our insurance space based upon commercial production. And it's been pretty cool to watch. Um, My man, David Carruthers, came on my show to talk about it uh, several, I guess, a year ago or so. And now they're wrapping up production and they're going to announce a winner next week. Uh, Voting is officially open. I want to bring my man, Derek Hayden, on the show today. Uh, Really, uh, I'm throwing my, uh, my, uh, I guess, my vote his way, V for D, uh, don't hate me if you're a fan of the other ones. Someone's got to pick a winner, and uh, I'm back in Derek Hayden. Small-town guy uh, from close to Kentucky where uh, my family's from. You know, I had to had to throw a vote out there. So, uh, But I want you to hear, because he's doing some big things, I want you to hear what he's doing, how he's doing it from a small town. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much more. I'm going to let him explain himself to you and let you hear his story straight from him. Sit back. Relax and enjoy my conversation with my main man, Derek Hayden. Derek Hayden, my main man. What's happening, brother? Not much, Heath. How are you doing, man? Man, I'm good. I'm so glad you're in Insurance Town. I'm glad you accepted the invite. You've come quite the popular guy lately. Well, uh, I couldn't even, you know, your phone was blowing up. You were, you know, talking to people. What's going on, man? Are you famous now? Well, some people think I might be, but uh, so. What's been going on with me recently is I am in the top three of the protege, which is the first ever uh, insurance-based reality show. And uh, yes, and uh, today that the day we're recording it is September 9th, and the voting for the protege has opened up to the public. So it has been fast and furious. I've been getting phone calls, emails, texts, LinkedIn messages. Uh, it's been a wild ride. So I'm pretty pumped V4D. up. V4D, V4D, baby, vote for Derek. I love it. So uh, for the other uh, people out there that listen, that's been watching this show, I'm not going to lie. I've got my favorite and I have to invite him on. I haven't had anybody else, but you know, Derek's been my favorite from jump. So I'm not interviewing anybody else. I'm pulling, I'm B, I'm B for D. And so uh, there we go. No offense to the other guys that uh, are there, but uh, I just, uh, I like the, I like what you've been doing. I want to get into some of that a little bit, but awesome. uh, so one of the things that uh, we'll do, why don't we take a walk down memory lane first? Tell us yeah. a little bit about you. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I get too excited. I, you know, Tommy boy over <laughs> uh, yeah, here. Yeah, Tommy boy. Uh, pretty little pet. Yeah. Pretty little pet. <laughs> Anyhow, let's, uh, let's jump into who you are. Give the yeah. audience a little reference if they don't know what the protege is or what the hell we're even talking about. So, sure, sure. Introduce yourself. Well, I will. Uh, I'll give you the, the quick version. So. Uh, like you said, Derek Hayden, I am from a small town called Shelbyville, Illinois. Um, been in the industry for about nine years now. And it was initially uh, 
hired on to my agency, which is uh, Danzig Insurance Risk Advisors and Shelbyville Insurance. So same owners, just different names, but um, was originally hired on here to be a small commercial producer. Um, and I kind of evolved in my last nine years here and have become more of a middle market commercial and employee benefits producer. So um, I've seen a lot of changes in the last nine years. And um, like I mentioned earlier, the protege um, where I somehow gained the opportunity to be on the show and have gained a little bit of insurance fame, which is crazy because um, the guys that I've listened to on podcasts for the past several years are now the ones who are talking to me, which is kind of cool. But anyway, that's where most people know me from now. If you've been in the insurance in industry is the protege, which is like we said, the first ever insurance-based reality show um, created by David Carruthers. Uh, from Killing Commercial Insurance. Um, you might also know him from him, fr him from the Power Producers pod yeah, Power Producers podcast. I'm getting all these names mixed up. But um, anyway, so been on that journey for the past eight, nine, 10 months. Actually, almost a year to the date was when they announced the making of the protege. So it's been almost a year, I guess. But anyway, I'm now in the top three. Um, myself, um, Justin Sloan and Ryan Keating are in the top three. And and like I said, the voting is now live and we'll find out on September 14th at Brainshare, um, who becomes the protege. So pretty jacked up about that. So that's a, I guess that's the quick story, Heath. Yeah, dude, that is awesome. Uh, I, I can't wait to see who wins. I was supposed to be there next week for Brainshare, but obviously, um, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it. Uh, and I hate that, but, um, you know, I wish you the best of luck. I hopefully, like I said, you know, you know where my vote's going. Uh, Thanks, man. So, I'll probably get hate mail after this, thanks to you, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, that's all right. The other two, but they're great candidates. Um, so I guess where I'd like to start off, you know, nine years in the business, you know, they, they mm -hmm. say, and I've said it on my show a million times, uh, it takes a good two to three years to build a good book. So obviously nine years down the road or eight years, whatever it was, you've, you've probably built a solid book. You've mm -hmm. quote unquote arrived or you've made it. Why, why at that point decide to put your hat in the ring for the protege and be a part of this? Tell me about that a little bit. What was sure. Your well, I'm always, I'm the type of dude that's always trying to, I want to be different. I, I, I hate the old, you know, quote and pray mentality. And I'm always trying to figure out how I can, you know, do things differently than my competition. And when the protege um, came out, I saw this video of a dude down in Florida um, in his pool announcing something about a reality show. And in, in my mind, I'm like, this might be my opportunity to try something different. So I uh, threw my hat in the ring, but yeah, the, I have done a, a, a good job of building the book of business. You know, there was a point in time first, like you said, first two or three years, I didn't know if I was going to make it. And you win a couple accounts and you finally start growing something. You're like, okay, that commission check, I can actually pay my rent and uh, I can move on to the next month. And then finally, you know, five, six years in, you're like, man, I'm, I'm going somewhere. But like you said, at this point in time, I'm looking to take my game to the next level. And there's no doubt that the protege has helped me do that. And that's the whole reason why I threw my hat in the ring to uh, be on the show was I wanted to, to see what I could do and challenge myself and maybe learn something along the way. And I can promise you that I have done that. It's been cool. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. You know, so for me, it was uh, year two or I think it was year two. I decided, uh, you know, I was in that same boat you were, as you talk about, I got to make it, you know, a lot of no's, a lot of teeth stomping, a lot of, a lot of tough times. And a lot of you listening to my episode right now, you're in that boat right now, or you remember those days and you're cringing, but I went through a program called Pace Center, which was very similar, you know, um, you know, sales training and it was a competition and, uh, I made it through that and really helped me to just take off that next level. Um, and there's so many things that I learned back then that I still apply today and I talk about in my podcast or I consult agencies on or I whatever it might be, talk about day-to-day -day conversation. You know, um, you know, and one of those things that was different for me as you're dealing with, when I'm in this competition with 50 other agents, I'm from a little town in Arkansas. You're mm -hmm. from Shelbyville. You know, mm -hmm. and a lot of times, you know, I went to this and my first thought, my first instinct was to say, well, I got an excuse. I'm from small town. This guy's from Houston, Texas, or this guy's from freaking Chicago, Illinois. They're going to kick my butt. But you're the top three, bro. Congratulations yep. that. But, Thank you know, you. for those out there listening to this that are thinking the same thing I just said out loud, man, I'm from small town USA. I can't make it. I can't write a lot of commercial business. That ain't true. And Derek's going to tell you why. That's right. Yeah. You know, 
that was one of the hurdles when I first jumped in was one of the reasons I started as a producer is like, I know a lot of people in this little town. I can probably make a living for myself. And I get here the first day and they're like, all right, here, start making your prospecting list. And I'm going through and like 80% of the people I was going to call on our agency already wrote. And I'm like, this is going to be tough. I was like, ah, this is getting sketchy. So one thing that I uh, realized was, I, you know, I'm going to have to expand my territory a little bit. I'm going to have to get outside the town, outside the county. And uh, that, you know, that's where being different really came into play. I couldn't, you know, going out to meet people I didn't know, they're not going to pay attention to you unless you've got something unique and different to talk about. So, um, yeah, I never did use it as an excuse. Um, Part of it is because I've been here my whole life. So, you know, I've never seen, I guess, other than college, I've not really been in a bigger town. So it's one of those things I kind of knew getting into it um, that if I was going to, you know, get bigger, I would have to expand my territory a little bit. But um, you can look at it as a negative or positive. You know, like right now with the protege, when one thing about small towns is when you need them, the people show up and uh, they're they're showing up right now to help me vote to win the protege. And, I, you know, just being able to compete with these other guys that are in big, big communities. Um, that's awesome. So uh, it's a give and take. You can look at it as a, as a negative or positive. I choose to look at it as a positive and an opportunity to, um, you know, gain more following, get a, a stronger following and, and build your, your network um, from the inside out and, and uh, you know, be different and expand your territory a little bit. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit for me. As you've learned this, whether it's protege or prior to protege, how do you, I mean, obviously the easy answer would be social media, but how do you expand mm-hmm. your territory? What do you do and maybe it is as simple as social media, but what's your advice on that? Sure. Um, for me, it was, um, I'm not going to say necessarily referrals, but once you once you are able to do something a little bit unique, um, you can use that experience to take to the next prospect. And uh, um, for me, uh, you, even in, when you expand out the county, there's still a lot of stuff that's intertwined. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I've been able, been fortunate to do is utilize when I do get a, a new account that's, you know, 20, 30, 40 miles away from my hometown, as I I can say, hey, you know, you you're a business owner, you probably meet with other business owners. They're still in the towns I'm I'm going to still aren't that big. It's not like I'm going from Shelbyville to Chicago or St. Louis. It's you know, there are still towns of, you know, 10,000, 15,000 people. So they're still small towns. So people talk. So I just use the same mentality that I have here in Shelbyville, which is a town of just under 5,000. Um, I use that same mentality when I go to other towns, um, network with the people. Uh, they're typically pretty down home, you know, easygoing people. And you you get to, to know them, get to know their business. And they're willing, if you have paid attention to them and, and solved the problem for them, they're going to talk to their friends. So um, yeah, that's that's the way I've handled it. So more goes back to providing a value, no matter where yeah. you're at locationally. Is that a word? Locationally? We'll, we'll no matter where your location. <laughs> I'm the mayor. I'll make up my own words. That's right. Um, whatever your location is, uh-huh. it's more about providing value, networking, taking those same principles and just spanning those out. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's part of what the protégés taught me is, um, you know, how do you solve problems? How do you be more valuable than just providing an insurance quote? And I think that's where, you know, I've been able to differentiate myself um, when I expand out in here in town, even um, with clients and, and potential clients is I've been able to separate how I go about helping people um, that is not just going in and offering an insurance quote. Um, so that's that's what I would say is has been my big difference maker. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, the thing that and I guess we'll get into this for a minute is uh, your market. That you decided on as as I followed this and got into it uh, was your power sports, your RV dealers. You got into you know I think you tried to get into gun dealers. I don't know if that ever worked out or not. It but. didn't. It was a good idea, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a good idea, but it didn't does. pan out. When I'm watching that, I was like, dude, if he can break into gun dealers, he's a different <laughs> animal. But no, it more kind of turned into your implement dealers, your equipment mm-hmm. dealers that and uh that's not always the easiest because you've got some captives that are really strong in that area mm-hmm. uh, and i won't say to them out loud but you know i'm talking about it yeah. they have been you know, federated or you know somebody that rhymed with that but you know there's some <laughs> of those that are tough to break into and tough to compete with um you know did you already have some business in that arena or you just decided i'm from south 
you know, I'm from the country. I can ride my RV, whatever, my RV, my ATV, <laughs> you know, put my trucker hat on, whatever. Is that kind of the mentality or was it I already had some business here? I know it. Yeah. There's a few reasons why I ended up, you know, in the protege, if you haven't followed along, the first challenge was to identify three markets that present an opportunity for you because of COVID or coming out of COVID that um, you feel like you could do well. And like you said, Heath, my initial ones were uh, kind of the outdoor recreation dealers and uh, uh, gun stores or, or firearm stores and home improvement stores. Well, two of those didn't pan out, but I, I kind of, in the middle of the show, shifted my focus. I, I kind of did that, that initial challenge I just kind of did to, to be showy for the show. And then the next challenge came out and like, yep, these markets aren't going to get me to where I need to be. It's not going to be worth my time. So I changed a little bit, but I did stick with the, with the dealership mentality. So the, any type of dealership, uh, mainly power sports and auto. Um, and you're right. It, it is a different market. It's a tough market and there's not many players. And like you said, the players that are there, they've got a pretty good following. One of the, the one of the reasons why I stuck with the dealership market was so I've got a coworker here in my in, in my office. His name's Garrett Ulmer. He was um, a in sales management at a big dealership here in Central Illinois for like 17 years, 16 years before he came to the insurance side. And he he knows the lingo. I've picked up the lingo from him, so I can bring him in and say, Hey, I need you to. I've got someone that we need to go meet, and I need you to spit your you know sales dealership game. The other yeah. reason is. I've got, um, I married into a dealership family. So my wife's family has owned a Chevy and Toyota dealership for over 60 years now. So I've, I had that in and I got to learn the business from them. And honestly, in the protege, the dealership markets is what it blew up. And um, I wrote some pretty good uh, benefits and commercial on the dealership side to help me get to the top three. Okay. And so that leads me to another quick question. Okay. Did you write more benefit or PNC during the protege or both? Um, I tell you, I wrote one really good PNC account. Um, the rest, uh, I take that back, two pretty good PNC accounts during the protege um, that counted for you know the competition. And then um, most of the rest was benefits. I, I wrote a really, really nice dealership, um, uh, employee benefits, um, piece of business that, that was a pretty good chunk of that. Um, and again, that was, you know, my buddy and I went in, he spit the dealership lingo. I talked to the employee benefits and it was one of those that just was able to create a difference and a solution that they were looking for. They are expanding rapidly and needed some help. So, yeah. So that had to have been probably, if I'm not mistaken, and I've watched most of the episodes, David, I've got your back. I've listened, watched, <laughs> but, um, so if Carruthers is listening, I want to know I have been watching. I text him a lot during the show and tell him what I think, but, uh, like he cares, but um, <laughs> you're probably the only one that really focused on the life and health side or the benefit side. Most mm-hmm. of the people were leading with comp or working on the general liability or whatever it might have been. So mm-hmm. I think that gave you an upper hand there or a different mm-hmm. take on it there. You said you like to be different. Um, yep. So you already talked about number one. And so we'll go to number two was building a pipeline. Three was value proposition. Mm-hmm. Four was like branding. Yep. Five was your elevator speech. Six phone script, up. yeah, yeah, and then um, you had to do a marketing slick and you had to do a video, yes. Um, and you know, one of them, I guess you've watched all the episodes, right? Yep, yep, so I have. David really nailed you on the value proposition, said you oversimplified, and he like, oh, he really bombed this episode, and <laughs> you really got to come back from this. Some of that's for show, I get it, sure, but he did give you some tough love there. Uh, he did, he ripped me pretty good, that? yeah. Tell he, me what, Tell me what you learned from that. Okay. He ripped me pretty good. And what you saw on the show, he actually, actually during the production, he would meet with us periodically to tell us how we were doing, if we were on track, off track. And he ripped me then. Um, but, you know, I was like, you know, I can take it. I appreciate that, actually. You know, it's one of yeah, those things. Okay. That's a sports mentality. You said yeah. you played ball. Yes, that's I did. That's got to come from that coaching sports mentality. Rip me a new one, and I'm mm-hmm. going to fight my butt off the next week to prove, okay, I'm exactly. Good. Exactly. Yeah. So I kind of turned it, I'm not going to say turn it against Carruthers, but I use it as an opportunity to say, okay, if you were in my shoes, what would you have done in that competition? And then the benefit to me, I figured out how, what he uses his value proposition. And now I've kind of created that, you know, alongside of what he does. It's not exactly like his, but um, I, I know what I will say now going into a prospect meeting. So yeah, he ripped me pretty good, but I came back um, that next week and killed it. Probably yeah, a lot did. to do with 
him ripping me pretty good and knowing that I was on the chopping block. So yeah, for sure. So what did you, okay. So tell me this then, what did you learn you had done differently on the value proposition part of it? If you go back and do number mm-hmm. three, again, the value prop, uh, what yeah. do you think you'd have done differently? So I probably misinterpreted what exactly he was wanting with the value proposition. In my mind, I completely, I missed it. So I I made it out to be like, when I get someone on the phone, what's the opening line, opening value line that you're going to say when you get someone on the phone? So I literally, my value proposition in the show was a one-liner, you know, hey, we help businesses reduce risk and save, you know, that type of thing. Now, you know, what I would have done on the show is actually probably done a lot of what I did in the next challenge, which was your branding, your process. And I actually, you know, talk about, you know, we'll take you through our proprietary process, which is risk lock. We help identify issues and implement strategies to reduce your risk and maximize profitability. Do that by, you know, X, Y, and Z. So now knowing what a true value proposition is, I've mashed kind of the, the, those challenges together to, to provide my value proposition. So that's what I would have done differently is expand on it and actually say yeah. how you do it um, rather than just doing the one-liner. Okay. So let, let's change gears for a split second. Um, okay. We're going on the fly here. So this is going to be fun. Perfect. Let's, uh, you know, let's say, you know, let's fast forward a year from now. Let's say you're taking off your V4D hat and you're now a coach and mm-hmm. you've got your own protégés underneath you. Um, and maybe one of my listeners right now is listening and you're their, you're their coach. And there they're wanting go. to build their own niche. Uh-huh. Let's, let's, you know, let's say they're wanting to build a niche. I don't care what the niche is. Um, what is uh, one of the biggest things they need to know when it comes to this? We'll we'll combine those two together. Like you said, value sure. proposition, branding, elevator pitch. We'll kind of put that all together. What's the biggest thing? The biggest thing you could tell them as far as building a niche? Yeah, building a niche. Okay. What I would highly recommend is is to identify what resources you currently have. So if you, for example. One of the niches I ended up doing was work comp because I do have an understanding of the mod. Obviously, I had one of the best coaches in Carruthers to dig in deeper. We have tools. We we personally, our agency uses Zywave, so we use Modmaster. So I have the tools to be able to provide the solutions. Now, if if you're wanting to do work comp and you don't know anything, don't know what a mod is, you don't know how to do a mod, you know, analysis or audit, that probably isn't a niche you want to jump into. So you know, identify going back to my dealership thing. I have people around me and we've written business. We've had, we've got experience and I know how I can provide value to that group. You want to be able to identify um, what you have at your, your fingertips already. So you're not reinventing your entire approach. So, you know, analyze what tools you have, figure out what markets will fit those tools and then go from there. Guys, guess what? We're at a mid-roll ad. I want to talk to you about my friends over at Canopy Connect. They are your one-click solution to getting all of those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. And not only that, now you can get uh, that one-click, that link to send out to your referral partners, to send out to whether it's a lender, a realtor, uh, your mama, <laughs> your your B and I friends, your uh, networking groups, chamber of commerce, wherever you find your networking and your referral partners, you can create them their own customizable link that they can use as well. Those deck pages still come to you on your dashboard. Unbelievable! It's a great product. Uh, they've been with me since the beginning, and I'm a such a huge fan of Casey, Robert, Tolga, the whole team over there at Canopy Connect. Go to usecanopy.com backslash heath and check out your discount, get you a demo, do the whole nine. Hey, if anything else, just go check it out. Tell me what you think about my video that I uploaded on uh, the website. That's usecanopy.com backslash heath. I'd be interested to see what you think. Let's get back to the show. What you want to do, if you're in a town that uh, has no manufacturing, you definitely want to choose manufacturing. <laughs> exactly uh, or, or gun dealers right. <laughs> <laughs> i was really rooting for you on the gun dealer thing i've tried i was in the ens world for four or five years and even there it was tough to write gun dealers um, uh-huh. so that's funny uh, okay so um now that we've figured out uh what what we have at our disposal and uh, what's something that you, you know, you may have learned you know, furthering that if you're coaching at this point, mm-hmm. uh, tell me about how you came up with the risk lock and maybe you can kind of talk about that a little bit. 
yeah. and use some coaching in that as well as we're talking sure. to my audience. Absolutely. So uh, I'll be completely honest. I know it's one of Brothers competitors, but he talks talks highly of them as well. So Scott Addis, the Beyond Insurance Group, we are a part of that group. And that's one thing that we first learned was, you know, instead of branding yourself agency-wise, brand your process. So we work and actually, um, I don't know how many people um, met to create this process, but I had a pretty big um, influential part of the name and how, what the process entailed. So um, I, I helped name the risk lock process. And basically instead of going in and, and, you know, it's kind of the old school sales uh, mentality where you go in and say, we've been here for 75 years and we're a family owned agency and we represent all the best carriers. That's not what people want to hear. So when I go in, you know, that's, that's what we lead with is, you know, we want to introduce you to our proprietary risk lock process where we help identify and reduce issues in your organization. And you see people kind of lean in because they've never heard that before. And yep. then then you just, you know, all you're doing is asking probing questions. You're you're not, I hate going in and, and now I, you know, what, what are your sales numbers? What year was your building built? How many employees do you have? They don't, that's not helping them at all. So you, you got to ask more of the identifying the issues up front and then talking about, okay, here's what we do to further dig into those issues. And we'll provide you with a a plan moving forward to help reduce those issues to maximize your profitability. So as far as building the process out, um, that's where, again, going back to identifying your niche, what tools do you have in place to actually provide solutions to your target market? So um, the process is part of that and then utilizing the tools on the back end to solve the problems that, that you identify. Yeah. So I about to say that four steps was like identify, solve, strategize, and then monitor results, something to that effect. Yeah, that's it's close. So uh, we usually do um, identify. Now you're going to put me on the spot here. Identify, create strategies, introduce strategies to the team, and monitor the results. So um, that's gotcha. right along with what we do. Yeah, dude. So uh, as you're coming up with that, and as you've you know got been through this now a little while, you know, because you know, we taped this a long time ago, um, you know, it, it's showing results. Obviously, you're in the top three. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is something that. Any agency across the country, I could steal from you, but could, you know, you know, develop their own strategy similar to this in their yep. own agency and do that. Yep. Absolutely. And yeah. it was done in a town of 5,000 people and it <laughs> yeah. worked. Uh, exactly. In surrounding counties. And to say it, you know, uh, as I've talked to Cass, who is your coach uh, uh-huh. and former guest of the show and friend of mine, people know, he says, you know, because he's from your town or your state as well, right. where you're at is, you know, I think you call it, you know, it's cows and farmland. You know, there's not yeah. a whole lot of people. There's probably more farm animals than people. Pretty good so chance. And from what I've researched, uh, there's a lot of Amish people around there. So there's probably, oh. it's probably tough to come by a whole lot of business. A lot of Amish people around. And, it, it can be. Yeah. And so, uh, and I think that's great. I, I love, you know, hearing those kind of towns exist and that, that kind of, it's a lot like Arkansas. As you've been to Arkansas many, many times, mm-hmm. very yep. familiar territory. So again, going back to my you know original question with you about small towns and making those excuses, you just got you know smash those excuses out the window and exactly. get to work. And yeah. uh, so you seem like you have that mentality, whether it's from you know playing ball or whether it's just uh, that grit inside of you. Is that just always the way you've been? Just that work hard, you know, smash and go type of personality? Yeah. Well, you know. I actually have thought about this before and and uh, I'll tell you a little story about when I was younger that I feel kind of defines how I approach life in general and business. So when I was in like, um, oh, probably third or fourth grade, um, my, my dad made the decision, my mom and dad both made the decision that dad was going to go back to school to become a physician assistant. He was in radiology. When you're in fourth grade, you don't realize the stress that your parents are probably under. You know, you've got your mom working, you know, full time as a um, she was a medical uh, medical records manager at the local hospital. And dad's going back to school down in Carbondale, Illinois, which is a two and a half hour drive, two hour drive from here and coming back on the weekends and working part time in the emergency room at the local hospital. When you're seven, eight, nine years old, you don't think of that. But now looking back, realizing, you know, my dad worked his rear off to get himself into a better situation for, for my family. 
you know, I remember now this is more than a lot of people out there have, but I can remember coming home and mom would have a $20 bill in a plastic bag on the kitchen table. And that's the money we ate on that entire week groceries, McDonald's, wherever we went to, to eat, we had 20 bucks. And, you know, now most people in town probably have no idea what we went through to, to get my dad to where he is now. Um, he's a figure in town. He's on the school board and all this, that. But um, looking back, that's what, you know, they didn't make an excuse and I'm not going to make an excuse. Um, so, you know, get through it. Um, you just got to, sometimes you got to you know, buck up and just get through it and make it happen. And in this business and in the insurance business, the more, the more stuff you, you break through the, the opportunity there's, you can improve every day. There's, you, you can fail and it still leads to an opportunity. So um, it's one of those things that, that kind of defined, you know, what I was doing. And then, like you said, the sports um, being in sports, you, if you want to play sports, you're going to have to work harder than the guy next to you. And I won't say that I had an illustrious college career. I, they, I wish I had done better, but I still played division one athletics and was able to have that experience because I stuck with it. So definitely a few things have shaped my mentality for just trying to, you know, make it. Um, I, I have a, um, a, I won't say a fear of failing, but I will not let, I will not fail because I don't want the people around me to fail. Yeah, no, I love it. So, you know, that leads into, you know, one of the things I was going to talk to you about that you and I were getting into off air and I was like, forget it. we got to hit record. Um, but you were telling me that going through this has opened your eyes to realize you were almost there already. You mm-hmm. just had to make a few small changes. So one of the things that, you know, the con- I always, you know, want to provide content to make my listeners a better insurance professional. So one of the things I want you to do right now is if I got an agent right now listening somewhere in Timbuktu, uh, uh-huh. Middle America, USA, saying, I'm almost there. I, I want to be where Derek said. I want to jump over that hump. You know, give them that motivational speech they need right now. Give to them. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, like you said, before the protege, I, I was trying to make a, a shift in my business. I, I had built enough business where, you know, I was not going to... Um, go broke. I, I had enough business flowing that, you know, I was comfortable, but not satisfied. Um, so I, I was trying to make that shift to where, you know, I'm done with the old school going in and try to quote, I needed to do something different. I'm done working on 40 accounts a month and maybe writing 30% of those and then going back out and having to do another 40 the next month. So the, what, what the protege did for me was it, it, like you said, it showed me that I was pretty close to where I wanted to be or what, I, how I wanted to manage my own book of business. So um, I, I didn't realize it before, but I'm pretty lucky with the agency I'm working at. Um, we do have a ton of resources um, with benefits and commercial. But the one thing that I didn't know how to do was to use those resources to win business and actually provide solutions to our clients. Um, it was always, you know, hey, here's a quote. We're going to save you five grand. And it, by the way, if you become a customer, you get our client portal. They don't care about the client portal because it, it doesn't really solve a problem for them. It's just, you know, it's like an extra piece that you're trying to sell them, trying to sell them a product, not a solution. So what the protege did for me was show me, okay, how do you lead with those tools? How do you lead with solutions to actually make a difference for the client and win business? So it was just that small switch of mentality and asking questions differently um, and trying to identify the the issue before going in and, and trying to sell a product. Um, so you're close if you're listening out there and you this is that's the type of way you want to run your business, you're close. It's just a small flip of the switch of how you approach it and how you're using the resources available to you. Could you and if we need to edit it out, we can. If you can't think of any, it's sure. fine. But if, is there a is there an example question that maybe you would have asked before that you made a small tweak in and changed the way you asked that question that mm-hmm. has led to more success for you? Oh, we could we could go for for another five hours on this, Heath. But I'll I'll give you some. Uh, I'll give you so strap in, boys and girls. Yep, here we go. So I'm a big big fan of. I've thought of like my process is a mishmash of different people's ideas. So obviously I mentioned Scott Addis, brothers. Um, I actually started, I listened to the uh, audio book of um, Chris Voss for like five years before I even met brothers. So I actually did that before. I've been using that strategy for a long time. Um, I listened to Charles Specht a lot. So what I I go in and and uh, one of the biggest pieces that I use initially is uh, the Randy Schwantz. I think that's his last name. Um, uh, the yeah, Wedge the, book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know what you're talking about the way. Exactly. So 
I'll use the dealership example because that's where most just knowing that niche and being and working in that niche for the past couple of years, most midsize dealerships don't have a full-time HR department. Um, it's the CFO who handles the HR and, and employee enrollments and safety and all that. So so knowing that, I lead with the wedge question. So I will say, you know, when how do you like the online enrollment system that your agents provided for you? And just the basic question, well, I've, I haven't, they've not given me an online enrollment system or, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you're identifying the issue instead of going in to provide a quote, you're creating a little bit of doubt and uncovering issues going in. So I'm using strategies from every, every place I've kind of learned bits and pieces from in my approach. So I'll, I'll ask those wedge questions and then I'll lead with, you know, I'll go into our value proposition after that and then move forward. But, um, you know, you can, I could get really deep here with different aspects, but I'm leading with those um, wedge questions and uh, trying to identify their issues up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's good. Instead of what, what, what might have you had? What's an example of maybe a not a bad question, but mm-hmm. uh, a lead-in or a you know something that you've changed? Maybe you're asking before that you realize just that small tweak has helped. Maybe you said this. Yeah. And maybe someone listening says, man, I say the same thing. I could raise my close ratio if I just change that little tweak. Right. So I'll just use a, a dealership again. So if I were going into benefits before this, I would say, hey, we have access to all the fully insured markets in the state. Can we can we offer you a quote? And that's the way we approached it. But now going in, if they're the right size, I'll say, you know, when when your current broker offered you a self-funded proposal, what were some reasons you decided not to go with that self-funded model? And most of the times, oh, no one's showed me a self-funded model. So that's, instead of going in leading with the product, you're leading with identifying those. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah, Yeah, it it works. Yeah. Uh, And I've been through, you know, uh, at the agency I used to work at when I was selling and going through pay setters, there was a lot of that, Uh, uh, the wedge mentality and, and selling that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I, I, I'm full, you know, full believer. Uh, he's a good dude. Uh, I think he's on to some cool stuff there. And I think anytime you can provide value to your customers uh, in any mm-hmm. sort of way, uh, regardless, uh, and I think it always goes back to something that most of us podcasters say. Is we, you know, we've kind of let the cat out of the bag lately. We've kind of talked about it on every one of our shows now. We have a private thread that we all talk to. We're on this big uh-huh. group thread and all of us podcasters talk about it. We're all, you know, in the industry, we've been in it for a long time. But one of the things we always talk about is at the end of the day, you got to get your, uh, the incumbent fired. Mm-hmm. You got to get that dude fired at the end of the day before you can get hired, whatever right. that looks like. And that's a harsh reality. And it sucks to think about it that way, but that's just the end of the day. That's what it is. And so mm-hmm. whatever Derek Hayden's got to do to get that dude fired, it's going to happen. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're not, not I never, exactly. And I'm not ever going in to try to throw someone under the bus, but I know, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I know that I provide value to my customers. I'm not going in and just (laughs) offering an insurance quote. My, my goal is to always improve that business. And I mean, I feel like the referrals I've gotten from just providing solutions has been ridiculous. And if you're just going in to provide a quote, what, what do they say? You, you win the account like that, you're going to lose it the same way. So, um, yeah, I it's just yeah. asking questions a different way and identifying yeah, yeah. what they've had issues with. Yeah, I think uh, I think the whole phrase is uh, win on price, lose on price. Uh, there it is. Yep, and, there it is. Uh, I think you're right. I've messed up so many quotes over the years that <laughs> I've written down so many of them, so I'll make sure I don't screw that up again. But, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to get into real quick, uh, you know, is and I want to know what you thought about this. One of the things I learned from watching you on the show was you guys do things like, again, going back to adding value, um, trying to think you do the handbook builder, um, Mm -hmm. you do uh, a 24 seven hotline, you provide other value out there. uh, And those are things that don't cost a lot of money. Probably Uh, they're probably pretty easy tools. How did you come up with some of that? And um, how easy was that or difficult was that for the guy listening out there and says handbook? That would be uh-huh. a great value to add. How do I do that? Yeah. So actually that's that we have the uh, Zywave suite. Everything's included in Zywave. And I'll be honest with you, prior to you know starting the protege, I never even used that as, you know, uh, it was always, like I said, that, that tag along. Oh, by the way, if you become a customer, you get this. So leading with that, um, most people don't have an insurance problem. 
if they have an insurance problem, they've already had a claim that probably wasn't covered right. That's the only time you really have an insurance problem. Um, so going back to if if the message you're delivering is different and you're solving a problem for them, most and it's crazy. I'm I'm in a pretty rural area. A lot of businesses don't even have a handbook still. Not even they're like, yeah, we thought about doing that, but just decided not to. Um, we didn't have enough time. So that's a problem that I can solve for them. Um, yeah, you know, they, if I could pause you for a second, yeah. one of the things, and you know this if you're listening, if you're not in conversion or you're thinking about it, when you're filling out supplementals, a million of those supplementals are going to ask you still that question, do they have a handbook? Mm-hmm. And if you can provide that, you're already giving a credit right there, possibly. Mm-hmm. You're helping them save money because they've got that handbook now. It's still being asked on those supplementals. Am I wrong or am I right? You're right. And I'll give you a real life example of one of the the nice commercial account, one of the nice commercial accounts I won during the protege. Um, part of the risk lock process I mentioned before, um, I asked if I could review their safety manual. And I'm not kidding you. They gave me a one page pamphlet. They, they said, well, this is what we use. It was a forklift safety pamphlet. A ten, it was like a 10, uh, 10 bullet points from um, a carrier the date it was produced was in 1994. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, oh, this should be a home run. If this is what, if this is their safety manual as a, as a forklift operation, you know, fact sheet from 1994, I've got a chance here. And we took that one over by BOR and solved some problems for them and, and uh, you know, enhanced their safety program that they were looking to enhance and provided um, a learning management system um, that we offer. And it was one of those just Asking questions. If I'd gone, if I had gone into quote, I wouldn't have got that business. There's no way. Um, I don't have. We have a handful of markets for sawmills, and and the one the carrier they're with was one of those. And I knew, you know, we have to solve a problem. We're not going to quote this one. So yeah. yeah so little tools like the handbook that didn't cost you a whole lot of money. It came with one of your programs you're already using. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you could go out there and Google handbook or figure out how to do come up with something or a safety manual or OSHA training that easy access to get some of that. Yeah. But again, it yeah. goes back to that value add. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's helped Derek Hayden get in the top three of uh, the protege. And uh, let's go, let's get real here. Not only is it a TV program, but it's real life. You're making money. Yeah. You've built your business. Mm-hmm. This is real life sales going on. It's not just a, a show that, you know, let's be honest. It's not on like A&E or, you know, some right. network television show. This right. is a YouTube thing. Yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Derek Hayden is making money. Uh, so mm-hmm. talking to right now, the mayor is live with, you know, someone who's making some money, he's made some changes in his agency, who is doing some real life things in commercials. So I want you guys to say that, not to blow smoke up Derek's skirt, but just to say he's doing real life stuff here, that he's making some changes that, you know, there's a reason the top three is based on production, correct? That's correct. Yeah, so there's a reason you're in the top three because of production. And when you have... There's 11 finalists in the beginning. And so you've made yep. it through. It's just, it's impressive to know that we're not just talking about, you know, a couple $10,000 accounts here and there. We're talking some big acquisitions, big money, you know, big accounts you've written. Um, it's not your average day-to-day sales. So right. we're talking about some of the top three probably in the country of agents. And so pretty proud of you for that. I'll follow Thank you. Day one. Um, and so love that. Tell me, um, before we wrap up, just just a... Interesting. I want to know for a fact. Uh, uh-huh. Is Jason Cash full of crap or does he know what he's talking about? Oh, he's full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dude. He knows a little it. bit. He knows a little bit. I'll no, I'll be honest. You. He knows a little bit, but um yeah. he's he's a he's a good coach. Um yeah, dude. He he yeah. flies by the seat of his pants about as much as I do, maybe a little more. Um yeah. but he is uh he's got confidence in what he does and yeah. he has obviously made a big difference in you know, not just the insurance industry, but a lot of people's lives. And uh, kudos to him for for continuing that. Uh, Lipstone's a pretty smart feller. Uh, he's a good dude. Yeah, he seemed like that. Uh, I've never spoke to him before, but like I said, I'm on a text thread with him, and uh-huh. I, I like the dude a lot. Um, so, last thing I wanted to talk to you about a little bit uh, because I think this is fascinating, just for me personally, uh-huh. uh, as I've watched you and your growth, even you know. Uh, Prior to knowing you much from uh, the protege, you got a pretty good social media, you know, present for a dude in Shelbyville. Um, and and, I, and I'm not knocking Shelbyville because I'm from no, Mondo, no, small that's town, all good. So, um, <laughs> but is that something you've always kind of focused on in the last four or five, ten years, nine years, what nine years? Sorry, or is it just since 
the last year and a half with protege or whatever. When, when did you decide to go all in on yeah. social? So I, I went to um, my first year in the business. I went to a new producer school. Uh, Cincinnati Insurance is one of our uh, flagship carriers, and they had a new producer program, and it was a two-part series. So I went in the spring, and it was more of a coverage thing, learning you know their coverage forms and and their target markets, that type of stuff. The second part of it, they brought in a sales training organization. And the name of it's Polestar. It's not a dance. It's not for dancers. It's for salespeople. Um, so uh, it's called Polestar. And, and the the guy um, now Teshke was his last name. Bob Teshke. His son actually owns Forge yeah. Three websites. But um, so he his big thing was going back to what I wanted to say. Like, just be different. Don't follow the crowd do something against the grain um, to gain attention because you know that's the only way that you're going to differentiate yourself in the marketplace is if you're if you're doing something different than everybody else. So one of the challenge he kind of gave us some challenges to try and one had to do with social media. And um, I I came back to the agency and and I basically asked our agency owners, I said, hey, can I get your permission to manage our social media pages? And they said, yeah, we don't know what we're doing anyway. All they were posting anyway was like, you know, happy Thanksgiving, come get a quote from Shelbyville Insurance. And it, yeah. it's not providing value. So I started to do um, a, a every week post, uh, mainly on Facebook to start with, that was, I called it Derek's Tuesday Tips. And I started gaining traction, like people started liking and commenting and following our page. And I'm like, man, I'm just posting silly pictures of me doing something stupid and they're they're following it. Well, it's probably several months into doing that. I posted the picture. We had a guy who had a classic truck out in our parking lot. And I was like, Hey, can I take a picture in front of that? And, um, you know, it kind of goes back to, if you ever listened to uh, Gary V, the, the jab, 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 right hook, I threw a right hook and said, Hey, we do antique and classic cars, you know, message me to, to get a quote on your antique car. I got that week, I got like three or four messages and we wrote at least three of those accounts. And I was like, there's something to this. I didn't even have to call these people. I posted a picture that took me two minutes to take a picture and post on Facebook. So that's the point where I'm like, okay, there's something to this. That I'm gaining visibility in the community, showing them what I do. So then it was shifting from doing antique cars to commercial and benefits. And, and now it it's a part of my my process. I uh, It supports, I actually talked to a, a young producer in the Iowa area not uh, earlier this week. He had some questions about my social media. So I was happy to help him out. And and it's more of a support mechanism for me now. I, I don't get direct business necessarily um, on the middle market and you know employee benefits side, but it supports my efforts. So if you're going into meetings and they're asking the same questions that you just answered on a video, you'll answer and say, hey, I'm going to send you my uh, YouTube page and I'll, I'll um, sh- uh, share a few videos where I answer that question. So they go to my YouTube page and now they're, oh man, this guy's got a lot of videos on self-funding. Maybe I should watch the rest of his videos. And that just turns into a new client. So um, I highly recommend if you're not hitting the social media game, it's not going to be a quick win. I still have yet to have someone send a message to me from watching a video saying, hey, I got to have I got to have your yeah. benefits plan. But it's just about building that library and with YouTube yeah. being owned by Google, I mean, that helps all kinds of things with your Google and AdWords searches right. and whatever goes into that way over my head. So <laughs> good for you. That's something that uh, my goal going into 2022 is uh, whether it's, you know, you may see the mayor on TikTok or you may see me trying to get go. more involved on social in some sort of capacity. I, I really want to get better at that myself. So. Take Derek's advice if you're an agent trying to grow commercial, personal benefits, life, whatever. Figure yeah. that out. Uh, get on it, and uh, we'll go from there. So um, I think that'll be that's great advice. I love what we've been through. Um, I just realized uh, I go pick up my kids from school, so we're going to wrap this sucker up. Um, sure, I'm not even going to edit that out. My, they know I got kids. So um, anyhow. Do this for me. Let's talk about a little uh, uh, contact info so they can find yeah. if they want to to share some ideas, or uh, if you've got you know some other things you want to share real quick so I don't make my kids too late getting out of school. No, it's all good, man. I'll I'll share where people can find me at. So I pretty active on LinkedIn, and it's D E R E K Hayden H A Y D E N, and I think my LinkedIn says Derek Hayden CIC. Uh, so follow me there. I post a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. That's my primary uh, social media platform. Uh, Facebook, I've got a 
personal and business Facebook page. Um, I do some some stuff on Instagram, not much. I, I have not made the leap to TikTok yet, um, but I I actually just I won't say hired. I, I appointed um, in our in our county we have what's called the CEO program, which is designed for high school students who want to start their own business. It's called it's. CEO for creating entrepreneurial opportunities. And um, I've got a good relationship with the facilitator for that program. And and uh, one of the students this year wants to start her own videography business. So I was like, send her over. I've got some videos she can shoot. So um, she's wanting to help me start a, a, a TikTok page. So I might be jumping into that soon. So Heath, if you start one, you have to let me know how it goes for you because I'm a little nervous. Um, Dude, I am too, man. TikTok's a little scary for me. And I don't get scared very easily, but... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it a shot. So, uh, dude, I, I appreciate you. Uh, I love you coming on. I, I'm wishing you the best of luck. And I'll probably get some hate mail for picking a favorite, but I got to pick a horse. And so I, there you I, go. I take uh, B for D, baby. Um, and so I, I took a lot of notes. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping uh-huh. that uh, my uh, my fans did, that the, the audience, the citizens did as well. Thank you so much. Uh, I got three kids waiting on me uh, to get to school. But. I appreciate you uh, more than you know. I hope you have a good time and good luck. Thank you, man. I I appreciate the opportunity to be on and appreciate the support from uh, the protege V4D and appreciate the police escort into insurance town. Yes, you do listen. (laughs) You do know about the police escort and the snipers on the building, baby. There you go. go. All righty. I'll fire up the the helicopter. I'll get you out of here. I appreciate that. See you, bro. All right, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us today in Insurance Town. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. Derek's such a cool guy and has so much to offer. And he's young and he's up and coming. And uh, he's in the top three of a nationally recognized reality show on YouTube. Uh, And it's based on real sales. It's not just a TV show. Uh, It's big time stuff going on. Uh, I really hope that the content we brought you made you a better insurance professional. If you've got an idea for your own show, man, you got to reach out to Ready, Set, Podcast. Go to GetReadySetPodcast.com and tell Ryan I sent you. You'll be so glad you did. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys, and I'll see you again next week.